Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Yo, 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 what is up, Zinger Nation? Welcome to Moon or Bust, your home for all things crypto at Benzinga. We are standing up today. Thought we'd switch it up a little bit. Oh, I'm squatting. How, how are you guys feeling? Let us know how you're doing out there in the chat. Drop the coins and NFTs you guys are looking at. Ryan, what are we doing on today's show? We're talking all about music NFTs and music streaming through Web3 with Audius, one of the biggest projects doing music streaming right now. So I'm super excited for that. Stay tuned for the interview at 2.30 p.m. But we'll give you guys an overview of the industry. We're going to talk some NFTs, talk some crypto. The markets are up, so I'm I am happy. Alrighty. Let me see which one looks the best real quick. Um, eh, none of them. None of them. All right. I'm not used to having... I guess we could rock with that. I mean, it's not... That works. I yeah. Can, I can't really see the prices. You know what I can, I can do is I can make it a little bit bigger. That works. Whoa. Whoa. Huge. The biggest. Alrighty. Markets are moving. For the first time in a while, Ryan, we haven't been talking about the markets because they've been going sideways for two months. Now is it over? It looks like we're still going sideways, but at least we are having some upwards momentum. We're testing that bull market support band that we talk about all the time on the show. It looks like we're over the 20-week the SMA. It might be the 21-week the EMA. I always confuse the two lines, uh, but it looks like we're over the one. So that's my new price target is the one above there. Logan, I see it's on your laptop, so you can probably give a more accurate price than I can. Mm -hmm. But what's that price target? Because that's what I'm viewing next. All right. The bottom line is about $43,600 for one single Bitcoin. The top of the line is about $46,000 for one single Bitcoin. So trading between that range, uh, we, we'd look to hold that as support and then we can rip to the moon, straight to the moon. Uh, but yeah, we got to hold that as support first. We got to test it. We got to, we got to hold it. Then we got to bounce off of it. Right? So Ryan, do you think this is going to happen? If so, what's our time frame looking like? Ooh, well, if it does happen, I think it will happen this week. So I'll be looking at the daily candles, but I'm not quite sure we have the momentum just yet. We tested this bull market support band. It looks like about two weeks ago, we weren't able to break through, but we got right to that bottom line. This time we're actually above that line, like I just said. So that's a little bit more bullish than last time. And typically it takes a couple tries to test this line before we break through. And that is below my <laughs> line two weeks ago, but now it is above my line. So I'm very happy to see that. That. Hopefully we get to $46,000. If we can get above and then retest that $46,000 mark, I'll be very bullish, especially if we can break up higher from there. I bet we could see new all-time highs if that structure plays out. All right. I will keep my eyes peeled for that. I am mostly in NFTs right now, though. I know you are as well, Ryan. And, and speaking of NFTs, we have a comment related to crypto NFTs. ApeCoin, we've been talking about it nonstop. We got a question from Black Mage. I know we've been talking about Ape a lot lately. My question is, do you ever see it going away from being an ERC-20 token and maybe becoming its own, you know, its own platform, its own blockchain, I think is what he's saying. They're going to launch their own layer two, kind of like Axie Infinity did uh, with the Ronin network, Ryan. Do you think ApeChain is coming anytime soon? 
No, I don't see this happening. Ethereum is already a platform and ApeCoin is meant to be a currency on that platform. It's supposed to be interoperable with a ton of different games. We already see some games from Animoca brands accepting it. Some different NFT projects are popping up accepting ApeCoin. And if it wasn't on Ethereum, that wouldn't be able to happen. This would also cause a lot of problems with centralized exchanges. It was super easy to list because it is using the ERC-20 token standard. So without that, that might cause problems for some of these big exchanges. So I don't see it happening. Logan, what are your thoughts? I completely agree with you, Ryan. The point of the Board Ape Yacht Club is exclusivity. That's where, uh, you know, Ethereum comes in, right? They built on Ethereum for that reason. I think they'll continue to build on Ethereum for that reason. Obviously, scaling is going to be necessary for some of the play-to-earn mechanics and more advanced and mass adoption-focused parts of the ecosystem. We'll see whether they opt for Polygon, Arbitrum, maybe their own layer two, but I think that it'll make it EVM compatible if they do. In which case, you know, they're staying with the ERC-20 standard. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really see that going away anytime yeah. soon. You get the ecosystem benefits with Ethereum, so I don't really see why they would change. And as long as they're able to use a layer two, I mean, the main reason to switch from Ethereum to another platform would be to avoid those high gas fees, but they could just use a layer two, stay on Ethereum, and also use Polygon or Arbitrum, like you said. I think that's probably the most likely scenario. Speaking of ApeCoin, where are we at these days? We are at $12.50. Per ape coin, Ryan, are you selling, buying, or hodling? I'm hodling. I'm excited to be able to stake. That's coming out soon uh, with an ape improvement proposal similar to Ethereum improvement proposals, EIPs and AIPs now in process. Uh, but I'm holding. I did actually sell a portion of them off. We'll get to that in a little bit. It was for a very very cool nft uh so oh i'll give boy. you guys a little bit of alpha on that in just a little bit but other than that i'm planning on holding if i see other opportunities come in the nft space i might take them i mean it's kind of too easy when i, I get airdrop these tokens to be able to just you know spend them on nfts i kind of see it as free i know that's not the case probably not the best way to look at it uh but i mean i want to hold because i want to stake I, I know that i can also stake the actual nft so that will be sweet too um but you know, before they actually release their metaverse land, which is coming up now in a week or two, I really want to be holding it because I think that could be a huge catalyst for ApeCoin. Yes, I agree with you on that one. We will have to keep a lookout at AIP5 as well, right? That is the staking proposal you were just talking about. If it gets passed, it will introduce that staking function. But there were a lot of people in the community who weren't too happy with how they have it planned right now. So they can either add an addendum proposal or scrap AIP5 and redo it, include those parts, uh, you know, in the beginning. But I would like, I mean, either way, I think that it, it might work out. The community will get this experience. Um, and, and like, I think this is probably the biggest DAO participation event we've ever seen in the history of crypto and DAOs and Web3 so far. Um, what's the significance here, Ryan? Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how ApeCoin operates in the future. So for those of you who may not be aware, ApeCoin is actually completely separate from Yuga Labs and it's functioned by the, the ApeCoin DAO. Uh, so they're two separate entities. ApeCoin DAO distributed. ApeCoin and Yuga Labs actually owns the, well, they don't own the IP, but they own the Board Ape brand and the CryptoPunks brand and, and the other NFTs in their collection. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And like you said, it's one of the biggest DAOs on Ethereum right now. Second to only Uniswap. They have over a billion dollars in their DAO. So a billion dollars is a ton of money. I mean, they could use this in so many ways. How do you see them actually using the, this huge treasury of funds that they have? Uniswap or Ape? Ape. Uniswap uh, doesn't do anything with their treasury, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Um, 
Okay, so ApeCoin, I hope that they'll just like throw events and continue to add utilities uh, and use cases to the token. Um, I, I mean, I think that's kind of the point of why the ApeCoin DAO was started to begin with, um, to create this decentralized community aspect um, where, where the Ape holders um, can make an impact in the ecosystem, uh, you know, separate from having to work with Yuga Labs, right? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly just really, really excited. Like, I've never seen this level of DAO participation or, you know, proposal debate on Twitter in my life. Uh, so good things to come. Very exciting, very promising. And this could be the thing that really kicks it off for DAOs, gets people to understand the difference between a utility token and a governance token, maybe for the first time. I think that would be sweet. So, Ryan, you sold a little bit to get a new NFT. Do you want to tell us about it? <laughs> yeah, sure. So I got one of the Gucci Grail mint passes from the 10KTF collection. I've talked about this on the show before, but not the Gucci Grail passes. 10KTF has a few different collections. Uh, it's not going to be in that account, Logan. Where it's is it, buddy? In, uh, underestimating.eth, so you can check it out there. Uh, but 10KTF, it has Beeple behind it, the artist who sold a piece for $69 million last year, as well as a bunch of other brands. As you can see, Gucci is collaborating with them now, which is awesome. I think this is super historical to have Gucci collaborating with these huge blue chip NFTs. Unfortunately, I saw Tyler Gehring, one of the co-founders of Ethereum, dress up his mega mutant after the art was revealed. Art was still being revealed. I didn't really know how it works, but I got mad FOMO. So I went, I bought one of these mint passes and the way I thought it worked was I was going to be able to drip out my mutant with some Gucci clothes. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. So I did my research after the purchase. Never do your research after <laughs> the investment because at that point, your research doesn't matter so learn from my mistakes research before you make the investment because i ended up with a gucci cryptode instead of a gucci mutant ape but this gucci cryptode honestly pretty dope it has the nouns glasses so it has aspects of a lots of different parts of crypto culture it got the noun glasses it has cryptodes and it has gucci also 10ktf led by people like i said so there's a bunch of different people behind this it's led by people 10ktf is a collection led by a few different people on the team, but Beeple is one of them. Interesting. So now that you made your purchase and then did your research, yes. if you were to go back and do your purchase again, what would you change? I would have probably waited for the art to reveal so I could have just picked up a mutant. And, and it's pretty cool because some of these hats and the clothes, they cover up the other traits. So I could find one and I saw one the other day that looked exactly like my mutant if it was wearing these Gucci clothes because it covered up the hair and, and the, the shirt it was wearing. So if I knew, I would have probably waited, saw the art and then chose one I liked. But I, nonetheless, I think this was a super interesting experiment, experiment with IP rights within NFTs. So all of these different collections that you see on the screen, board Apes, Mune Apes, Cryptodes, uh, and probably five other collections, the owners actually own the IP rights to those NFTs. And that's the only way you're actually able to do this without copyright infringement. And as you can see, the bigger collections like board Apes, they sell for more. So you're actually able to monetize your intellectual property from these NFTs, which we haven't really seen before. You know, some people will make t-shirts with them or they'll use it in a club or use it as art, uh, monetize it in non-traditional ways. But this is the first time I'm really seeing people be able to monetize their NFTs as other NFTs. And I think that's really interesting. It could be historical that alongside the first partnership with Gucci in the NFT space, I think this could be a really good long-term hold. 
Uh, that being said, I do have mine listed right now. I wouldn't mind making a quick flip on this, uh, but I don't mind holding it either. I think over the long term, I could see some good returns. Uh, obviously, very risky, more risky than those traditional collections like Bored Apes. Uh, but I mean, they're Bored Apes wearing Gucci. How can you go wrong? Uh, I, it's, a, it's a flex, right? Well, I mean, I certainly think that it's like the biggest flex in the world, but there's Gucci dripping Bored Apes for two ETH? Why are they only two ETH? Why are they not more than the Bored Apes themselves, Ryan? Well, it's not part of the Bored Ape Yacht Club collection, so I completely understand that. Maybe some of these cheaper NFTs in the collection will surpass the floor of the actual collection, but it's not like you're getting ApeCoin from this. It's not like you're actually part of the Bored Ape Yacht Club and you can go to events, so I understand why it's less expensive. That being said, this collection has about 4,000 NFTs in it with about 5 to 10 different collections, so really there's only going to be maybe like 400 Bored Apes, uh, the Gucci Grail Bored Ape, so it's much, much more limited than the actual collection, and if Gucci really makes a presence in the metaverse like they've been doing and within nfts i mean these could be really sought after something that you know could go up in value maybe rival the value of some of these other collections so so here's the thing ryan is with the ip rights say that whoever minted this they obviously own the real board ape behind it uh and now they're selling it for two eth say i pay them two eth for it they made a come up and then you know i try to put it on a t-shirt they could sue me right that's interesting. Right? So, like, I, I still don't own the IP rights. They still own the IP rights also for my NFT yeah. as well. So, if I don't own the original, then I'm probably very, very limited on, on how I could monetize this asset, which I think is why it's only two ETH at this point in time. Um, but, like, I'm honestly, like, really torn over this project because, I mean, just look. It looks like the coolest thing ever. It looks rare as hell. But it's two ETH. I don't. Maybe the market doesn't get it. Maybe I don't get it. Like... I don't know. I, I like. I feel like it's really, really, really risky right now because it's the coolest thing, it, but it could also just be like a you know pain in the ass or a hassle at the same time. Um, I, I see know. that. What do you think? It's interesting, but it's not like a derivative project, right? Because they actually have the IP rights, and, and no other projects are doing this where they actually get the intellectual property rights from the owners of Bored Apes. They'll just go ahead and copy them, uh, and that's copyright infringement, right? Or they make a derivative where it's different enough where it's not copyright infringement, but you're not actually getting something from like the real brand of Bored Ape. Uh, like I said, this doesn't put you in the Bored Ape Yacht Club, but it gets you officially licensed uh, Bored Ape Gucci grilled NFT. Uh, so, uh, I so think if it's licensed, you something. can use it for your brand. It's licensed in the in the sense that the owner has the IP rights and is able to make the board ape into a Gucci board ape without right. copyright infringement. Got you, got you. All right, there's a lot more to do here. This space is quickly evolving, and the, you know this project here uh, coming out of the the Gucci house is not one that I expected to be, uh, you know, drawing up, stirring up this kind of conversation. But I'm very, very excited that it has. Um, I've been looking at these. I really, really like the cowboy hat ones. Um, I mean, they're all they're all so sick, dude. They're all so sick. Obviously, I don't really like this one, um, but like the cowboy hat ones, and you know, you got so many different, you know derivations flavors of it like I, I really don't understand how these are at current value because it seems like they should be either worth more than board ape yacht club or worth like absolutely nothing mm -hmm. right if it's only worth it to the board ape holder then you know it makes sense kind of um but yeah what's the volume look like what's the activity are people buying not these? huge not oh, huge coming but down. decent yeah obviously the most volume is going to be right after the art released which was yesterday 
But something else I found interesting, and I want to see more projects do this, how they release these NFTs based on NFTs that you have mm -hmm. the IP rights to, is that the rare NFTs become more valuable, right? So these gold board apes that got Gucci Drip are selling for, I, I think I saw a sale of 20 ETH, and there was maybe one for 10 as well. And then the Mega Mutants with the Gucci Drip, I mean, those were listed at around 40 ETH. So if you have these really rare NFTs and you're able to make derivatives of them and sell them, mm -hmm. you'll make a lot more profit than holding a floor ape per se. Uh, which is important because right now what we're seeing is the rarer pieces in these collections, especially board apes and mutant apes right now, they're actually getting closer to the floor uh, because everybody's getting the same benefits, right? So it doesn't really matter if you have a rare ape when you got ape coin, everybody got the same amount uh, and you get the same perks of being in the club. So, uh, you know, that discrepancy is getting smaller and smaller. So finding new ways to monetize more rare NFTs, I think is really interesting and I want to see more of. Check these ones out, Ryan. So if you were a holder of a mutant, you could also get your mutant Gucci dripped out custom art for each uh, NFT, I assume, right? Especially probably for these mutants. For the mutants, I think they would probably have to be those mega mutants. Crazy, crazy stuff. Let us know what you guys think about this project in the comments down below and let us know if you want us to take a look at any other projects. If you're enjoying the show, take a second, hit the like for us, Ryan. We're going to talk about music NFTs now. Um, how, how is this space evolving? Actually, let's maybe, 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 maybe. Let's back it up. We have Audius on in 12 minutes, the interview. Uh, they are like the biggest music streaming platform for you know, Web3, but there's a lot of other stuff that's gone on in the Web3 music space. What are some of the coolest things that you've seen happen? I know there's a Snoop Dogg uh, you know, mixtape that came out. There's the Heart Project. What do you think uh, you know, is the most promising part of the music NFT space? The music NFT space in particular, I mean, crowdfunding via NFTs and joining DAOs and being able to raise money for small artists where they don't have to sign records, I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. But this isn't really an industry I followed that closely. I think it's something that will happen. I think it's inevitable. But it, we might be a few years too early for music NFTs, music streaming. I mean, this is something you really have to get non-crypto natives into. And it's also something that transacts a lot of low value transactions. So before this can really take off. We have to fix scalability problems, which is seen through like Solana, which is Audius is on. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I, I think we're going to need a few more years before this space really develops. Okay. So I have this pretty cool map here in front of us. Uh, if you want to take a look at my laptop here, it might make it easier for you to see. Um, but like, I'm just going to go through some of these sections and stop me when you see something interesting. Uh, but there's one of one arts. There are edition arts. Uh, avatars, chat rooms, artists, dance, generative, streaming, collectibles, research, tickets, fan clubs, collectors, videos, merch, events, grants, collectives, royalties, labels, and so agencies. Is, is this graphic for all NFTs? These are all Music, music Web3 NFTs. products. So do you know how like PoApps would I interact with Music NFTs? Well... I mean, maybe you have you throw a concert and you create a PO app for everybody okay. who comes, right? That's how I that think they're out. they're throwing it in there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, most of these I haven't heard of. Neither have I. There are a few I have heard of though. Uh, the Glass Protocol is putting videos on chain, uh, or at least attempting to. Obviously, uh, cannot shut up about the Hearts Project. That's one of my favorite NFT collections. Uh, we've talked to some people who are in like the legal space the legal intersection i'm not 
seeing them logan we've talked about the hearts project all the time but i still don't really understand how they're involved in the music industry i know they're from the west coast and they have a lot of connections within the industry Mm -hmm. but do they have some type of grand vision for the hearts project to turn into like an agency or a label yes so the hearts project is more of a community run creative studio like powered by a dao uh than it is like you know an nft collection um, I'd say the NFTs are kind of just the thread that ties this project together, um, but there's so, so, so much more. I'm trying to find this photo for you. Um, they actually just put out their first music video ever, um, entirely produced and created by Hearts Project members. Uh, and, you know, we see we got Benny Blanco in the skit here. Uh, I thought it was a really, really cool video, really cool song. And the idea or the concept behind it that all of the talent came from the Hearts Project, I think is sweet. So now they are doing, uh, you know, more community proposals. Uh, if I could only find this one photo that I'm looking for, it would make life a lot easier. Um, Logan, you mentioned that the Hearts Project is actually revamping some of the art on some of the more disliked pieces. Was that voted through a DAO or was that just a decision they made? I mean, this is a decision I think they can make centrally if they want to. So this isn't to discount the project. Uh, but do you know how that decision was made? I do not know how that decision was made. Um, but the metadata is not locked. So they are able to still do that. Um, I'm interested to see how it's going to be. You know, I trust the team behind the project. The artist, uh, Stefan, is just like incredibly talented. And I think that um, any iteration they do make will will probably be an improvement. Um, you know, that being said, the uh, cheap ones might be undervalued right now. Yeah, okay. So here's the one that I was looking for. It was right at the top. Uh, we want to fund your big idea. The Heart Project is all about empowering creatives, giving them the platform needed to bring ideas to life. Heart holders are now able to submit proposals for creative endeavors of all kinds for the chance to win up to $10,000 to execute their vision. So we have this hearts pool, this community fund, and they are trying to, you know, empower these small creators and creatives that wouldn't have the ability to make it into like the huge label space, despite the fact that they might be really talented. It kind of sounds like Y Combinator, it, but for DGENs. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example. <laughs> uh, okay, what else do we see on here? Aoki verse. I didn't know Steve Aoki was making a metaverse. I, I guess I can't really say that I'm surprised though. We have Audius on here. They are in the streaming category, decentralized streaming protocol that we are going to learn a lot more about in a little bit under 10 minutes when the head of marketing from Audius comes and talks to us about the music NFT space, about Audius, all of it. So make sure you get your questions in right now if you want them to be first up. Otherwise, we might not have time at the end. Um, but yeah, I- I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Do you care about the music NFT space? Do you think it's you know five years away, one year away, or a billion years away? Ryan, what, what do you think? So I think that we are constricted by technology right now. It's probably at least a couple years out. Uh, But if they can create enough value for artists, maybe it takes off sooner. If a lot of big musicians do end up going to Web3 because there's enough benefit for them, then maybe they'll attract their audiences. But I don't think that they're going to actually be able to attract the audiences, especially without big artists. There's just not enough value to the end user for something like this. You have to get a crypto wallet. And we're going to talk about onboarding during the interview because Audius is doing it in a really interesting way. Uh, But there's just not enough value there, right? Like for DeFi, there's huge interest rates compared to traditional banking. And for NFTs, there's huge gains to be made. And it's an extremely new industry. And there's that incentive alignment 
payment for the end user, but that's not really there for music streaming. But I do mm. see the potential. I just think it's going to take some time. We're going to have to scale up these blockchains, get more infrastructure, get more people into Web3, onboarded to Web3. And once that happens, I think we'll be able to see music NFTs and music streaming and Web3 really take off. Yeah, I, I think that wallets are also the, the holdup right now. It's like, what if I told you you could invest in an upcoming artist that you think is going to be big ahead of time? Um, you know, personally, that's a very attractive idea, right? Um, but most of the people that, you know, think that it's cool uh, do not have crypto wallets. They're not crypto native. They need an easier solution uh, for it to be truly practical and effective to the scale that I think a lot of people are are dreaming of right now. But this is... Uh, a great setup to the conversation with Audius. Um, I'm curious to hear what you guys think in the music space. Do you care about them as a speculative investment right now? Do you think the space is going to grow with wallet adoption? Uh, are you buying them? Got any tokens? Do you own Audius? Ryan, do you own Audius? I don't know. Do you? I do not. Uh, so <clears throat> what's actually interesting is with Audius's audio token, it, it is so similar to a security that last time I checked, they were not able to trade inside the United States. I'm going to double check that right now because the information might be slightly out of date. Um, but they they were, you know, having some trouble with that. It looks like they're trading on Binance US right now. So seems like they might be good to go. They're on Gemini, crypto.com as well. Uh, so it looks like you can trade Audius in the United States now, which might be a very big bullish catalyst price. Uh, let me pull my chart back up. We can do a little bit of TA on the Audius uh, before we talk to them. Uh, Ryan, what would make you a buyer of Audius? I know they're integrated with TikTok. I'd want to see more adoption. I haven't heard of anybody actually use Audius, so I'd want to see that first before I buy. Yeah, definitely. And like, what would you look for in terms of like adoption? Do you want somebody to just come up and talk to you about it out of nowhere? Are you looking to see some like new stats come out? What would what would be the make or break for you there? Probably some new stats. I would want to see people using this more, not just from a couple friends that are using it, but actually like the masses going to it. Also, maybe some big artists. So right now I know they have Dead Mouse and a few other Blau, a couple other large artists as well. But I'd like to see some real big triple A names come to Audius. And once that happens, I mean, there might be nothing stopping them. So at that point, I, I would be more keen on investing. What do you think about like the Snoop Dogg uh, NFT record label, Death Row Records, convert it into the first metaverse record label? Uh, could they kind of, you know, pivot over into this lane, into like the streaming lane uh, and take over Audius or does Audius, you know, have an advantage? Were they before everyone else? I think Audius has an advantage of being a platform for musicians, so it'd be more like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and whatnot, whereas Snoop Dogg doing it by himself, he's not going to get as big of an audience, uh, but he will get those really loyal fans, which is very important. And shout out to Snoop Dogg for all he's done in Web3. Uh, really cool stuff he's done within the Sandbox Metaverse, his NFT collections, and just everything else he's done for Web3. He's definitely brought a lot of awareness, so shout out to him, and it'll be interesting to see where this all goes, but I, I think Audius definitely does have an advantage being that it's more of a platform whereas Snoop Dogg's using Ethereum as the platform and, and trying to attract his most loyal audience. Couldn't agree with you more there Ryan. We have a comment from Annie out there in the chat. Wag me world NFT. I'm not familiar with this one but let's take a look. Uh, wag me world. Wag me world. Official 
any, I don't see it out there. Um, Wag me world. All these collections look really sus. Um, maybe it's on the top charts somewhere. Oh yeah, we should talk about this real quick. This was an open edition from X Copy. Came out yesterday on Nifty Gateway. Wait, I'm not sharing my screen. You don't know what I'm talking about. All right. This was an open edition release from X Copy. Came out yesterday on the, uh, what did I just say? Nifty Gateway platform, the Gemini NFT spinoff company. Uh, it was a one ETH open mint, open for 10 minutes, Ryan. Guess how many editions they sold? 7,113. No, because there's, there's other there's other things in this collection. I was just guessing. So that, yeah. No, I actually saw, I actually, right I actually here, was trying to cheat because I saw it on Twitter, but I wasn't looking there. I couldn't actually see the number. I think it actually was like 7,500 though. So they sold 7,000 ETH worth of this image right here, this piece of art. Xcopy is an OG in the NFT space, been building them since 2017, 2018. Uh, and he's very, very, very well respected. This is, I think, the most successful open edition release in NFT history. Huge, huge, huge news. Very bullish for the NFT space, but more specifically, the the art sub-niche within the NFT space, Ryan. Uh, I know I have a couple of proof of beauty NFTs. I'd file those under the art category. What do you think? Uh, you know, I know you love the chromie squiggles. Are you thinking about picking one up still? Do you think we'll see a, a, another art renaissance this year? It's really hard to tell. I do like those chromie squiggles. And I've told you that if ApeCoin goes up enough, maybe I'll sell off a portion of that and get a squiggle. Uh, but I do really want to stake ApeCoin, like I said earlier. So maybe that won't happen. But I really hope that our NFTs take off again. We saw it happen last year. And I think that generative art in NFTs is a really, really interesting space uh, to see what all these people are creating. Um, Xcopy, I don't know. I mean, they are like a blue chip NFT, someone who's been in the space forever making this collection. But what do you think the repercussions are of having an open edition that sells out 7,500 of the exact same NFT? I mean, it's not even non-fungible at that point, right? They're all the same. We see collections of 10,000 NFTs sell out, but at least they're all different. You know, you have a unique one of one. They have different rarities, so there can actually be a market made, whereas with this, they're all the same. So, I mean, that's telling me maybe the market will dump because there's going to be co competition. Everybody's going to be undercutting the floor. It's not like you can say mine has a rare trait or mine looks cooler even, so I'm not going to list it below the floor if you want to sell it you're going to have to list it below the floor essentially right that is a, a good point that you make there and, and you know i think that in theory it checks out but despite that we see the floor is actually 10 percent above the open edition mint price uh you know usually open editions can't pull this off but I think X copy is, is kind of on another level. And I think that's kind of what this proves, right? So there was already like five, four or 5,000 minted uh, halfway through the 10 minute window, right? So at that point, everybody's like, oh shit, this is a very highly covetable piece from X copy. Um, I want one as well. And I don't want to have to wait to pay resale for it. Um, but yeah, you're right. Everybody is selling the same product. It's kind of like the Adidas NFTs, which have done well, although those weren't open edition. Those were very limited. Uh, you know, I would potentially consider buying one of these, maybe around half in ETH, right? Um, but most of the market looks like it is above me, right? So mm -hmm. we'll see how long that lasts. Obviously, it's like a very hot topic, a hot collection uh, right now. So we'll see if that fades out. I might be a buyer at half an ETH if it ever gets down to that. Um, but huge, huge congrats to X Copy 
uh, and everybody else in the art NFT space. This is definitely a monumental moment for sure. So Logan, I said 2.30, I actually lied. We have a few more minutes. Got an email from the Audius team saying he should be on at 2.35. So we could look at NFTs. We just have a few more minutes to fill. Uh, we can take some comments. I don't know. How's the chat looking, Logan? Well, Kindred says, smash that like, which is a great reminder. Take a second. Uh, really helps us out. We have Semi says, baby Dogecoin. What's going on, Ryan? We haven't talked about baby Dogecoin in a long time. There's a reason for it. I don't like to talk about it. Ever since I put 90% of my portfolio into baby Dogecoin, I never talked about it again. You put 90% of your portfolio into baby Dogecoin? Cap. You want to take a look at it? We haven't looked at baby Dogecoin. I'm sure they're doing crazy things in the Web3 space, so we might as well take a quick look at it. Uh, we'll see what Austin Verts thinks from Audius when he joins up while we're talking about baby Dogecoin. He's going to say, <laughs> wow, these guys are the real deal. Got to get ready for this interview. <laughs> Everybody knows Baby Dogecoin is the next Bitcoin going to $25 billion per coin, uh, which will make its market cap approximately seven universes. Um, so that's what I'm betting on, Ryan. How about you? <laughs> is the price going up? I can't see. Let me, I see green. Let's see the chart. Let's see the chart. Got to zoom out a little bit. All time. That's not what I was expecting, honestly. Yeah, this doesn't really look like other meme coins, which is interesting. It's they're usually like boom or bust, which this one is, but like at least the floor stays up above like the previous boom cycle, right? Which is interesting. I bet they have some reflection fee dynamics that encourage some of these new holders to hold, and then they've been able to have a few more pumps uh, with that like baseline going up because there were more holders in the ecosystem. Uh, not something I would be investing in, but if you want to gamble your money, I mean, it's fun, right? It's a meme coin. It's called Baby Dogecoin. You might be able to make money, but there's also the potential to lose a lot of money. Uh, so only risk what you're willing to lose for sure. And in my opinion, there are a lot of more solid investments, especially over the long term. Logan, we have so much conviction. I know like we, we kind of have the same fundamentals behind everything. Why why risk your money when you can hold for 10 years and make you know, 10, 20, 30x on your investment potentially? Um, that's a great question. Maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe you have $10, okay? Okay. $9 you invest for the long term. Say you're expecting a 3X in 10 years, right? So you got, you got $27. You're already up, uh, you know, a significant amount. You take that $1 that you got left, you toss it into baby Dogecoin. Uh, you know, 10% portfolio allocation is probably a bit severe, um, but, you know, just, just work with me through, through this as an example. Uh, so you throw that $1 in baby Dogecoin. If you lose it all, you're still at 27. You're still... 2.x profitable, but say it goes to the moon, man. Say it goes to the moon, which it probably won't. Otherwise, everybody would have it. Uh, well, then you you know you could probably go from 27 to like 50 or 100 or 200, right? So there there's this idea that you want to allocate a little bit of your portfolio, not not you specifically or or even me specifically, because you know darn well that I don't have any baby Dogecoin, nor do I mess with anything, uh, you know, near this risk level. I'd much rather be degen in, in NFT collections that have some sort of unique art aspect uh, to them. But there's always the moonshot, right? I mean, name of the show, Moon or Bust, baby Dogecoin. I think it's too early to tell, but probably a bust. <laughs> I'd have to agree with you. Uh, Mike Tyson made a pigeon NFT collection the other week. Did you hear about that? Nope. 
Mike Tyson has started tweeting about pigeons all of a sudden. Um, I guess that's probably not too surprising from Mike Tyson, uh, but NFTs, PFP oh, collection. Remember when Mike another Tyson one. got a Cool Cat NFT, like right when Cool Cats came out and then made it his profile picture? Did he? Yeah, it was Mike Tyson. Right when they came the out? Cool cat. It was Mike like, Tyson was the one who pumped Cool Cats yeah, originally, yeah. and now they're working with Yuga Labs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess bullish on these pigeons then, huh? I guess he knows what he's doing to some degree. Pigeon, 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 pigeon. Gutter pigeons, is that what they're called? Um, I didn't really follow this collection. Yeah, I think this is it. Oh my God, Ryan. The best art you've ever seen in your life coming up right here. Ready for it? Ready for it? Ready? <laughs> Fire. Hey, you can't overpay for good art, so... You can't really go wrong when you're investing for the art. Yeah, if you're buying it for the art, you can't overpay. But if you're buying it to make money, you definitely can. 2.23 um, ETH on this guy right here. He's got a very cool chain. What do you think, Ryan? I am really surprised at the price floor of this collection. I've never heard of it. Uh, I thought it was going to be a gutter cat gang derivative, but it looks like it's something completely different. Uh, but like I said, I haven't heard of it. I'm surprised by this high price floor. Uh, I wonder what they're doing, but I don't think we have time to look into it right now. No, we don't. Our guest from Audius is here, so we will get off the markets and bring Austin on. Austin, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Hey, how are y'all doing? Sorry I was uh, a few minutes late. I literally got to my hotel about 30 seconds ago. So, Oh, no worries at <laughs> Glad all. Glad to we be appreciate here. You. Yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, and, and if you need a second to settle in, please feel free. Um, but I would love to hear about your background in crypto in the internet space. How did you get into this you know, specific niche that is music NFTs? Yeah, of course. I think first and foremost, y'all's background is super amazing, by the way. The whole Thank setup you, you guys Thank got you. going Thank on you. Is, is dope. Um, so I currently, um, help out with stuff with Audius. So kind of running the crypto marketing arm of things. I've been with Audius for about eight months now. And then before Audius, I spent about three years at um, Solana helping with marketing ecosystem growth. And then prior to Solana, sure. I... <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> no, you're all good. Uh, and then before that I was at a company called origin protocol working on helping, oh, nice. um, bank the unbanked, uh, down in Venezuela, I spent about a year trying to help folks kind of bypass the bull. Is that the same origin protocol it. with Matt Lou? It is the same. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> Shout out. We've Matt. had him on our show a few times. Great guy. Shout out to Matt for sure. Um, yep. So you went from, uh, you were at origin before mm -hmm. that you were where again? Uh, Solana. Solana. Sol Solana. For three and, years. That's interesting. Wow. Since when? Early 2019. Awesome. Awesome. And, and so now you're at Audius. Yep. Is that a recent yep. thing? And what made you make that switch? Yeah, Audius was about eight months ago. Um, and I made the switch because I have a history in um, creative. And so I was doing like creative agency photography design prior to getting into tech, became really good friends with Renil during my time at Solana, and like fundamentally believe in the mission that Audius is trying to bring into the space, which is to democratize the music industry and to allow artists to be able to directly connect with their fans and to both provide value to them and allow the fans to then equally provide value back without any intermediaries in the middle. And it's been, it's been a hell of a ride for the past couple of months. 
It seems like a like a really utopian, perfect idea. Why isn't it here yet? What's holding it up? What are the roadblocks to adoption of this type of technology? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. Um, I think abstracting away the NFT stuff, I think historically the creative space and especially the music space is is very nuanced. Um, it's very archaic. I'm learning more about this by the day. But there's it was just set up in a way where there's 10 people between the artists and the fans and each person in between them wants a little piece of the pie. And so, you know, you sign a contract by the time you see your streaming revenue, your concert revenue, you're getting 10, 20, 30% of that. And so we were coming in and we're like, Hey, we want to provide a platform and we want to provide a voice to those who currently are not represented by the major labels and by traditional media. And so kind of, creating a space for them to upload music for free, build a fan base for free, distribute their music for free, um, all while being fully decentralized from the start. So Austin, the token, the Audius token is actually built on Ethereum, but the decentralized application is built on Solana, if I understand correctly. Why choose to do it this way? Yeah, so it's, it's a, this part's a little complex. So um Audius was natively an Ethereum application, so the audio token is an ERC-20. As demand for the application grew, um, we started to see heavy load, and with heavy load comes heavier costs. Um, Ethereum just was no longer serving the throughput and the cost efficiency that we needed. Um, this was actually before my time when they were looking at different um, protocols. I was at Solana at the time, so kind of the other side of this, which is interesting. But Solana just served um, all the needs. It checked all the boxes, like subsect finality, like one one thousandth of a penny for transaction costs. You know, mm -hmm. figuratively, fifty thousand transactions per second. Right now, hitting about three thousand average transactions a second. So as we continue to integrate more features and more monetization type tooling, um, we just released our reward system recently where all of that is on chain. So when you take an action, you are automatically distributed the audio wormhole token natively on Solana. We're not, you just, you can't send $2 on Ethereum right now. You're going to spend five bucks to do it. So Solana was the native choice and we are actively migrating the entire um, project over. Um, the token will stay in the ERC-20 though, as far as I understand. Interesting. And do Solana and Ethereum have to communicate each other with each other to do this uh, or no? Uh, right now, no. Nope. So they're just individual parts. And this is where, like, shout out our engineering team. Like, some of the brightest people that I've ever met uh, have, you know, formulated a way where right now our play counts, for example, when you see a play count go up, that's all going through Solana. And then, you know, we have other parts of the thing that are still in Ethereum. And so we're just slowly but surely migrating over. While I want to point out, keeping the project up 100%. So we're simultaneously moving from Ethereum to Solana with an application that's got about 6.5 million monthly active users while keeping 100% uptime, which has never been done before. So the Audius token, it, it started on, on Ethereum. Why not just use a L2 like Polygon? What made you make the decision? I know it wasn't you personally, but what made Audius make the decision to go over to Solana instead of using a layer two? 
Yeah, and I, yeah. I want to add to that question a little bit, Austin, if that's okay. Yeah. It, like, in retrospect, you know, Solana was having a moment back then when it seems like that was announced. Um, but now that the focus has kind of shifted towards, you know, Polygon and other Layer 2s that are, you know, directly EVM compatible. And there's also a lot of yep. projects that are making their own EVM Layer 2s that are more application specific. So w with retrospect now, um, you know, how, how are you approaching this this decision? Yeah, that's a super, super fair question. So this was definitely before my time with the company, I think kind of abstracting away the question, I think first and foremost, like a rising tide lifts all boats and that it's not a zero sum mm -hmm. game. I think there's, you know, X number of people in the world we've targeted and we've been able to penetrate like 2% of them, 1% of them into crypto right now. And so we have this massive pie where it's, it's less about picking one over the other. And at the time it was the best tech for what we needed. Um, mm -hmm. I still fundamentally believe it is. I think you do have options like Optimism, um, Arbitrum, you know, you have Polygon, you have these other chains, but um, for our needs, it still makes sense with Solana. You're not going to get the cost. You're not going to get the speed. You're not going to get the efficiency. I think everything serves its own purpose. And I'm actually super bullish on a lot of these L2s, but for what we're trying to do and the type of throughput that we're seeing, um, like we're, you know, millions of transactions a day and so in order for that to be possible solana was just the best option and i still believe it is that's great to hear i know uh you guys have implemented some special edge cases so if one part of the network goes down it's still accessible could you talk about this just a little bit yeah so i i think the way that it works is just fundamentally if you look at audius like first and foremost when you sign into it it was designed in a way to abstract away the blockchain so it was built decentralized from the start, but most of our users don't actually know that there is blockchain powering any of this. It's kind of wild. And so you have um, a non-custodial wallet that's developed for you as soon as you create an account. And then when you upload songs, everything's are run through what we call content storage nodes, which theoretically you're it's saving everything directly onto chain, but then you're recalling it off chain. And so let's say Ethereum goes down or Solana goes down. Audius won't necessarily go down because things are then recalled off chain. So everything is stored on chain and then we're able to recall things in a way that is off chain, which allows us to maintain the uptime um, that we do. I think a key to mass adoption will be kind of what you said that people don't realize they're interacting with a blockchain at all. Um, yep. You know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with managing your own private key and, and taking custody of your own assets. So kind of abstracting that away from the user makes it a lot more adoptable as a product. But there are some maybe some security concerns um, by oversimplifying it. I know that, um, you know, Audius sends you uh, your, your private key when you make a wallet but they also advise you not to keep a whole lot of money in this wallet at any given time. Is that still the case or have you guys found a way to work around this and get the best of both worlds? Yeah. Um, Y'all did your research. I appreciate this. So <laughs> I, I can't Big fans. speak. I appreciate that. Um, I can't speak too, too much on this. What I can say is when you create an account, um, now that we've done our rewards through Solana, you are automatically generated a non-custodial soul wallet for audio wormhole and then you're okay. still generated an ethereum wallet for traditional audio right now all of the, the rewards going through the system and i think we've to date have sent out i i conservatively um 300 000 audio over the past couple of weeks 
Um, I think we're probably closer to 500. I would need to check the numbers though. But this is done through a non-custodial wallet. So we don't control the keys. We don't hold anything. It's fully up to the user. We do, um, when you go to like, you know, initially um, engage with the wallet, do put up a warning. It's like, hey, like be cautious. Don't keep all of your money on here. And this is because most of our audience isn't crypto native. And so I think our product team has done a phenomenal job abstracting that away. I do think in general, there can be pitfalls with things being oversimplified, but I think in general, we see a lot of this across the industry anyway, where, you know, you see a lot of people just still learning how to manage private keys, how to use cold storage, like not Mm -hmm. to keep your like six board apes on a hot wallet. And it's like, (laughs) you know, we, we see a lot of things still happening. And so we do the best that we can within the parameters that we're allowed. Um, Obviously, you don't have to use the wallet. You don't have to use any of that if you want. You can go in, mm-hmm. you know, create playlists, upload an album, listen to all your favorite music, do all of that without ever engaging with any type of crypto. So this is almost like an ancillary part of the product that allows mm-hmm. then all of these monetization tools um, and the rewards tooling that we've seen come up recently for artists and fans. Very, very cool. So the, the one question um, that I always look to ask uh, before making a, you know, um, you know, any decisions in the crypto web three space is like, uh, you know, there's this token that's out here, um, but there's some specific tokenomics, particularly in ve- investors, big investors and their vesting schedules, as well as new inflation mechanics. Right. Um, so could you talk a little bit about that? Um, what's the current situation? That is something I can't dive too much into, unfortunately. Um, there are just some things I can and I'm not as privy to talk about that as I would like. But yeah. I no, it's totally fair. One, unfortunately. So Austin, I actually had a follow-up question about abstracting away from blockchain to the end user. I saw you guys use something called Hedgehog. Could you talk a little bit about what Hedgehog is and what made you have the make the decision to use Hedgehog instead of a typical crypto wallet? Yeah, of course. So um, Hedgehog is that non-custodial wallet. So it was generated entirely by the audience engineering team. And instead of um, logging in as you would do with the traditional wallet, it's kind of like an email and password. And so instead of forcing our users to save private keys and seed phrases and do all of these things, we created this wallet um, years ago that allowed individuals to keep, you know, keep their funds in there. And then kind of how you we've seen with like Web3 Auth, if you all are familiar with those at all, where they kind of make storing um, funds easier. We just tried to make it as native to the user base as possible. So that's really just the name for the non-custodial wallet. That's awesome. And how have artists monetized their content on Audius? And what are some future plans you guys have to make artists monetize content in maybe different ways that they couldn't do on Spotify or Apple Music? Yeah, totally. Um, I kind of want to set the premise here because this is something that I actually confused before I joined Audius as well. Think of it more as um, less about competing with Spotify, competing with Apple Music. You know, if you're Drake or you're Kanye West, you're doing just fine on there. You know, you're, you're doing okay. Audius was developed and built for the up and coming um, musician, artist, DJ, producer, whatever it may be, to provide a space for them to be able to safely and freely upload their music. Traditionally, you know, a couple of years ago, this was SoundCloud. We have seen SoundCloud start to add in ads and paywalls and just deprecation of features that individuals were looking for an alternative place to go. And there just wasn't one. And so the founders um, several years ago, 
you know, had the idea of creating this space and it's kind of come to where it's at now. As far as rewards or like artists actually getting paid, we launched what was called a reward system on Solana now, you know, three, four weeks ago. And so this allows as a user, you to earn small bits of audio by taking simple actions within the platform, you know, listen to audios for a week, um, follow X number of accounts, you know, take certain actions and you can earn just a little bit of audio, just enough to be like, hey, I'm actually earning real money through this. And then from the artist side of things, there's a plethora of ways. One way that we've seen fully engage is kind of like a reward system as a way to encourage their fans to engage with their music on our platform. And so artists can earn, you know, X number of audio through using like a referral link. Um, right now you don't earn money through streams. Um, we're working on a ton of features. I can't dive too much into that, but there are um, some super exciting things coming. And yeah, <laughs> there's some cool things coming. Very, very cool. Speaking of cool things coming from Audius, you guys had a huge partnership announcement. Last year, you integrated with TikTok. What exactly does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, and how's it going? Is Are people using it? Do they know they're using it? I'm curious to hear more. Yeah, this is a great question. Um, you guys have been awesome. This is like a fantastic interview. So thank you so much to you guys. Um, so yeah, this was like right when I joined Audius. So this was super exciting. So I take zero credit for anything that happened here. <laughs> this was, you know, the flip folks on the team, Clayton, Reneal, um, shout out those guys. But essentially Audius, TikTok released this open-ended API, which allowed you third parties to kind of plug in and allow individuals to upload their own music. So think about Instagram, for example. If you, up, if you create an Instagram story, you can add music to it, but you have to pick from the music that they provide. So like there's been a handful of times when I've looked for like a less known artist and his music just isn't in that selection category. Yep. So what this allowed you to do is if you owned music on Audius, like you upload music and you owned it, you were then able to take that song and then use it in your TikTok videos. Kind of like this interesting viral loop so let's say you had one of your videos go viral you can then attach your own music preemptively to it so that way you kind of get the best of both worlds so if you're a big tiktok fan and you're also a dj like you don't want to use other people's music so you upload your mm -hmm. music to audius through the api you can then pull up your you verify you own it and then you can pull it up and actually use it directly in your own videos so it's just a, this interesting way to allow creators on both ends of the spectrum to kind of come together in this cool collaborative way and Audius was the the first platform to actually utilize that. Um, again, the engineering team came in and built this out like incredibly fast. And then it, it went live and it is being used all of the time now. Yeah. Awesome. So say that Ryan puts out a new mixtape and I make a TikTok to the sound. Uh, could I just, you know, maybe record his YouTube uh, record the song playing in the background, make my own sound. Or, you know, if you want to use the sound, you have to use the one that was, you know, trending and that's plugged into Audius. So, it, it, you know, that Audius loop is going to go viral alongside the TikTok and the trend. Yeah. So as far as I know, I haven't checked this recently, but there's actually no mention of Audius within it. It's simply just mm. the plugin. Um, so you you have to verify that the music you upload you owned it gets really complicated um mm -hmm. above my pay grade as far as like how all of that actually works um obviously audius is fully compliant with everything um the team has gone above and beyond to make sure all of that is covered mm -hmm. but essentially when you upload a track 
Um, and as long as you own that track, you're then able to verify that through TikTok and then you're good to use it in your videos. Awesome. And if you do put out a mixtape, let me know. You should, we should get on this. <laughs> Sold. So Austin, earlier on in the show, I was talking to Logan. I said one of the ways to onboard new users to Web3 and specifically to music streaming in Web3 is to bring these big name artists into this decentralized music streaming platform. So how do you plan on onboarding new artists to your platform uh, in particular? Yeah. So I think, you know, we have an artist relations team that kicks ass. Um, but we also just see so much natural inbound. Um, you know, we have about a million songs as of now, 250,000 plus wow. artists, 6.5 million monthly active users. We also have, which I've been focusing a lot on is, um, a read only API. So if you're developing a game or a metaverse project, you actually through our free and open API can then plug directly into the audience catalog and get access to, you know, Skrillex, Dead Mouse, Dylan Francis, um, RL Grime. And like you can get access to all these big artists, but then you can also get access to these smaller, more unknown artists directly in your game. And we're seeing, you know, a hundred and last I looked, 130 million um, API monthly API calls through that. But so, you know, we're hitting it from all angles. If you're building out a game, we can get you plugged in. If you're an up and coming producer and you just need somewhere to put your music, like Spotify isn't a discovery platform. Like these major projects, promote and actively support you know if you're signed to a label you're in the right group you know it's like the cool kids club and if you're not in there it's really hard to get discovered and we are setting out to create an even playing field and become this this platform for you to build a community and to build a fan base and so you know if you're looking to do that we're really the best option and then we just also happen to be fully decentralized and are able to tap into all of the benefits of web three in the process. So, so Audius makes their own playlists. They feature their own artists to a certain extent. Um, but if, if the playing field was truly level, this would all be decentralized and, you know, DAO members could vote on, you know, songs to add to the playlist songs to feature on the homepage. Uh, is this something you guys are planning on adding in the future? What is left to make it, uh, you know, to realize this dream? Yeah, that's another fantastic question. So if you go to audius.org, I'm sure you all have, we have um, a governance section where everything is actually, most things are voted on. All the fundamental platform changes are voted on and have to be approved by the validators in order to actually get merged. Um, as far as the playlist goes, we do have, that's all driven community. So if you're in our Discord, you're in our Telegram, you can actively um, you know, suggest songs, get them plugged in. I think if I think the specific playlist you're talking about is something our community managers actually put together and the core team doesn't awesome. get involved with. So if you're going cool. if you listen to it, you'll notice there's French rap and you know, there's Spanish mm -hmm. music and then there's grunge and it's this plethora of music that's actually decided by like a large group of people and it's just a little fun experiment we're going through. Um and then same thing with um featured artists or people that float through. If you have a trending track or you're a trending album, playlist, song, whatever it may be, you're then rotated through all of that from the trending. And we see almost different folks on that like every week. Um, there are a few exceptions. There are some people that put in some serious groundwork with their, <laughs> with their playlists and their uploads. And maybe they'll be up there a little more consistency consistently. But, you know, that's just the matter of, of putting more effort into it.
Gotcha. Austin, we've been following Audius for probably about a year now. It was an honor and a privilege to talk to you today. We'd love to keep in touch and stay up with the project whenever you guys have any new announcements. But for everybody out there, where can they go to, to check out the project, check out maybe your profile as well, and why should they check out Audius? Yeah. So I would say if you want to see more of like the crypto side of things, um, visit audience.org. It has all of our technical docs. It has our API integration. It, you know, it'll go over Hedgehog. We have a debrief in there of how all that works. Obviously, the platform is audience.co. So that's where you can go and listen to, you know, million songs. Um, and, you know, it's just if you're a fan of music and you miss you miss the days of being able to go online and discover new music, discover new mixes, discover indie artists. And you miss that time where everything wasn't the same 25, 30 artists popping up all the time. It's like, it's the best place to go for a discovery engine. Um, and, you know, it's just that. And then for me, I'm just at Austin Verts on Twitter. Um, I think I have a little bunny as my profile picture right now. But, you know, focus on the audience stuff. And it's just, it's like if you miss those days, and, and I know we're almost at time, but the way that I've described this is, I don't know how old y'all are, but it's like you used to go to a store and like buy a CD. Like you used to actually go into Walmart or go into Target or go into Best Buy and you would pick up a CD and, you know, you would hold it and look at it and it had all the album art and like so much love and attention went into that. And we've seen that slowly abstracted away over time where an album comes out and it's like you might not even know it go it happens or, right. you know you know, it just pops up on your streaming platform, you listen to, and you almost forget about it. And so yep. we're, we're working on bringing back, bringing back that emotion, that feeling, that sense of community that comes with discovering new people with your friends and like that rush you got when a new album used to come out. And so bringing back that like heart and soul of music. Love it. Thank you, Austin. And thank you, everybody out there, all of Zinger Nation. We love you. Smash the like if you haven't yet. That is it for today's episode uh austin feel free to hang around if you got an extra second i'd love to continue it afterwards um but that is it for today's show ryan any closing words or thoughts you got for us yeah guys stay tuned we will have a twitter space with audius next week so be on the lookout for that but that's it all right Amazing. see you guys later peace out Thanks. save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.